Time to saddle up, partners, and hit the trail onto the twisted road of fake history. Over the rolling plains, through sagebrush and cactus, and straight into the wild and problematic tales of the Old West. There it is, just over the ridge. You're headed straight into another episode of Hoofbeats in My Heart for a third time. There ain't no ifs, ands, or buts with the hoofprints on my guts from all them hoofbeats in my heart for a third time. Episode 9, Out of the Frying Pan and Into the Bank. The professor turns his days lights on and again they overload. Are any buildings left standing for him to still explode? Mr. Pettypot and his posse hold an ill-boding rendezvous where they capture Marshall Shallow Brown and Rue. Buckaroo! Grab Ruby Buckaroo and Marshall Brown, men! Down off that horse, you two! We done finally got that law breaking varmint, Mr. Pettipot! Yes, we have, Henry Jacob. Yes, indeed, we have. Ruby Buckaroo, Bandit Queen of the Cowboys. In light of my position as the Chief Officer of the Wobbly Hills Bank and Trust Institution, and in retribution for the money you've stolen from our bank, that we in fact deceitfully received from the widows and orphans and poor folks of Wobbly Hills, you will be thrown into a jail cell faster than you can say you will be thrown into a jail cell. Now, what do you have to say to that, young lady? Well, what do you have to say, Miss Buckaroo? Ooh, that there Doc Blister and Colonel Bucket. I'm a gonna plumb de-rectify their dang necks right soon. Excuse me? Um, Mr. Pattypot? Yes, Marshal Brown? Miss Buckaroo is not paying the least bit of attention to you or her dire situation. For you see, in actuality... She is, in fact, totally engrossed in thoughts of revenge and retribution against two individuals back in Pencil Point who have done her wrong. She what? I... The posse and I... We tracked her all over the territory. We captured her. We are seeking to slam her into jail for the rest of her life. When she's not... She's not paying us any attention. I expect some recognition for all of my effort by thunder. You do understand, Marshal Brown. Yes, but you don't understand Ruby Buckaroo, Mr. Pettypot. She's... she's a much tougher nut to crack than I suspected. Bah! But you realize, Marshal Brown, that you are also implicated in this tawdry scheme for aiding and abetting a bank robber. I... You. Improbable, Mr. Pettypot. No, well-nigh impossible. See this brass badge? I am a federal marshal. I was, uh, performing my sworn duty and, uh, 
chasing right behind Miss Buckaroo as she effected her escape. You were sitting on the same horse as Ruby Buckaroo and assisting in her escape. You are as guilty as she is. Posse? Yes, Mr. Mr. Pettypot? Tie up these two criminals so we may safely return them to Wobbly Hills and hand them over to the appropriate authorities. Yes, Yes, sir, Mr. Pettypot. Mm. Ouch. No need to bind me so tightly, gentlemen. I assure you that you make a grave mistake, Mr. Pettypot. Oh, please, Marshal Brown. Do you expect someone on a horse to just ride up out of nowhere and prove me wrong? Whoa! Whoa! Which... Which one of you gentlemen is Marshal Shiloh Brown? That would be the miscreant wearing the badge and snugly tied with rope. I am Slosh from the telegraph office. A telegram was delivered to you at the Pencil Point Mighty Plush Hotel, but you never replied. Telegram? I received no telegram, my good man. And that's why I was ordered to deliver this one in person. Mr. Pettypot, would you kindly read it to me? I'm trussed up at the moment. Certainly, Marshal. It's addressed to you from Federal Headquarters in Ticklish Grizzly Bear Falls. Ah, a picturesque portion of the country. <clears throat> Be advised that your sick leave is hereby cancelled immediately upon receipt of this message. The bandit Ruby Buckaroo has been sighted in your section of the territory. Track her down and deposit her at Federal Headquarters, dead or alive. Well, I'll be. I agree. Dead or alive. Rather rude, don't you think? And now, if you will kindly have your men untie me, Mr. Pettypot, I will take charge of my prisoner from here on in. Well, Miss Buckaroo, did you hear that message? Doc Blister and Colonel Bucket, just wait till I get my mitts onto you. Apparently not. Dang, I knew that their stage light needed even more dynamite. Oh my goodness! The General Wilford Cackleberry Memorial Chicken Shack is a burning pile of ruins! Mrs. Sneef, You're the chairwoman of the Pencil Point Uplift Committee. What does it all mean? Well, Miss Kayafi, it means the town of Pencil Point is running out of standing buildings where you can hold your show. And I'm thinking that it means we're all going to be rehearsing out of doors again. Lettuce! What are you squawking about, Charlotte? Gather up them there two grumbling brothers and we'll commence to working out our performance across the street over yonder. Oh, hello, Dr. Blister. Colonel Bucket. Howdy, <sighs> Looks like another building burned down. We ain't we done didn't nothing. Do it. We're a meaning that we wasn't around when it done happened is what we was a meaning. But ain't it a plum shame? Yes, that poor, poor Ruby Buckaroo met such a terrible fate. Knocked into that closet inside the shack. Shush, Colonel. Oh, I mean, uh that she met such a terrible fate, not locked into a closet inside the shack. Oh, are you speaking of Ruby Buckaroo, the bandit queen of the cowboys? Yep, 
That'd be the poor young woman. She wasn't inside the shack. What? But, but, but we tied her up, and, and I mean... Miss Buckaroo rode off before it exploded on a horse with Marshall Brown. And it looked like a posse was chasing them. If you'll excuse me, gentlemen. Of uh, course, certainly. Miss Kyle Now what, Doc? Ruby Buckaroo is still alive and breathing, meaning no reward money. And she rode off with Marshall Brown, who still has the strong box key around his neck, meaning no negotiable bonds either. Now, now, Colonel, you're getting yourself all frustrated like. I got me an idea. I'm sure you do, Doc, but we don't even have a building to hold the <laughs> show in. Don't you be worrying yourself none about Ruby Buckaroo. If an posse's a-chasing after her, she's not interfering in our bank business. And them bonds are worth millions. They'll more than make up for the reward money for sure. Fine, but we can't steal the bonds. We don't have the key to the strong box. That there was plan A. We're switching to plan B. We don't need no key. We break into the dang strongbox. But what about the noise? Think about some of the last buildings standing and not all blowed up in Pencil Point. Well, there's the bank. And the... We don't do show in the bank. Uh-huh. That's even worse, Doc. We'll be making a mountain of a racket opening that strongbox. And the old town will be watching the show in the same building. You're right. How can we cover the noise of opening the box during the show? By putting the box in the dang show. Break into it right in front of all them people. Then carry it out to the back. Snatch out the negotiable bonds. And we hop onto two fast horses and vanish into the night. I'm liking plan B a whole lot. Colonel. This here show is going to be the last performance of the blistering bucket, highly first-rate traveling theatrical show. But it's for sure going to be the most profitable one of all. Yes, sirree. Miss Buckaroo, as we trot along and share a single horse on this lonely back road to Pencil Point, I, as your captor and you in handcuffs as my prisoner, there is absolutely no need to thank me for grabbing you away from that posse. Miss Buckaroo, you don't need to thank me. Dang, Doc Blister and Colonel Bucket tried to get me all blowed up and such. They's a gonna wish they'd done never tangled with Ruby Buckaroo, the bandit queen of the cowboys. I'm a gonna knock them so hard they's gonna see tomorrow, today. Ah. Clearly you had no intention of thanking me. You do understand, Miss Buckaroo, that I received official orders from headquarters, and as a federal marshal, I must obey and follow that which I am commanded to do. In this particular case, to cancel my three-week sick leave and immediately arrest you, and bring you back to face justice. Due to our past, um, relations, I'm sure I could request that you get a reduced sentence. The dead or alive clause will gloss over, of course. How, um, are you feeling about all this, Miss Buckaroo? Ooh, when I lasso them two crooked hombres, I'm gonna hit them so hard their dang relatives is getting black eyes. Here I am, 
a man of the law, still plagued by hoofbeats in my heart for a third time. And here are you, a ranting and revenge-driven outlaw with hoofbeats in your heart for a third time. For me, I think. Ah, what to do, what to do. Which way does the wind blow indeed? First you say yes. Then you say no. Then you holler giddy up. Then you're yelling whoa. Which way does the wind blow? Is it headed south, headed north, or back and forth? I'm pleading and moaning Please stop dragging your feet and postponing How strong does the wind blow? Is it not a bit, quite a lot, or cold or hot? Not making your mind up Is causing my insides to grind up Why so non-committal? Don't you care a little? Is it so fantastic for you to be enthusiastic? Which way does the wind blow? Is it heading east, heading west? May I suggest please make your selection and tell me your winds Darn direction! I done heard you, Marshal Brown. Oh? I thought I was ruminating alone. Nope. I done finished up with my planning in my head, so's I don't got to jaw no more about them two lizards back in Pencil Point. Till I meet up with them. Then as you can see, Miss Buckaroo, I am once again in a bind, so to speak. Wrapped up in a conundrum, if you will. Facing down an enigma of cataclysmic proportions, as it were. Even you was inclined to be speaking American, I'm figuring what you're saying is that you're a lawman. And you got me in handcuffs riding on the same horse as your prisoner. You know, this ain't the first time we've been riding around this piece of the trail, Marshal Brown. No, indeed. The trail looks all too familiar. And you're all in botheration because you're wanting to know for sure if an I done got myself some sort of itch-like stirring in my guts for you, too. I would express it a wee bit more delicately, but you are essentially grasping the plight I find myself in. Well there, Marshal Brown, being as to how it's my understanding as to how I ain't a-going all catawampus and falling off in my horse when I'm close-like to you no more, I could... Yes? Please complete your thought. No, I can't do it. Do? Do what? Give you a hug. A hug? Me? You'd give me... a hug? I done said I can't do it, Marsha Brown. Well, in heaven's name, why, Miss Buckaroo? It's cause... It's cause of these little metal bracelets you got fastened like round my wrists. The handcuffs? Is that all preventing you from... Well then. Whoa! Whoa there! 
I will simply dismount and lift you off the horse. And then I'll simply take this key and... <laughs> How silly of me. It's not this key tied around my neck. That's the master key to open all the locked boxes of negotiable bonds in the territory. I need this one in my pocket. Hold out your pretty little wrists, Miss Buckaroo. Sort of like this, Marshal Brown? Precisely. Wait. Wait one moment. I figured I needed to give you a chance to wear You can't handcuff me. It's highly unprincipled. I'm the Marshal, you're the prisoner. I was the prisoner. Um, you was telling me that that there key tied round your neck opens up strong boxes? That's correct, miss. Wait, what are you... <laughs> you can't take that key. That would be highly illegal. <laughs> Don't you worry none, Marshal Brown. Most all of my business is highly illegal. But for sure, I'm a-leaving you with the key to them handcuffs. When you walk yourself back to Pencil Point, somebody will fetch it out of your pocket and set you free. But not before I get there first and settle up accounts with the Doc and the Colonel. Won't be nothing left of them hombres or their traveling show when I gets through with them. Miss Buckaroo, before you gallop off and leave me hiking back on this desolate stretch of road, a request. Play your cards, Marshal. Tonight, if there are any non-demolished buildings remaining in Pencil Point, the Blister and Bucket highly first-rate traveling theatrical show is putting on a performance. It is to be my stage debut. Well there, congrats to you, Marshal Brown. Didn't know you had a hankering to be an actor, feller. You'll for sure get back to town in time. But there will be no performance tonight if you ride into town and decimate the owners along with their entire theatrical enterprise. Might you, for the sake of hoofbeats in our hearts, might you delay your planned carnage until... After the show? You know I got me a weak spot for you, Marshal Brown. You're right as a kicking mule. It's them dang hoofbeats in my heart for sure. You got yourself a deal. I'll get myself hidden like somewhere in town and wait till you done your actor feller business and the show is done finished. Thank you, Miss Buckaroo. And I'm gonna make our deal more plum legal-like by shaking your hand. Miss Buckaroo, I would need you to... to unlock these handcuffs for me to accomplish that. Here, I'm holding out my wrists. <laughs> it ain't necessary, Marshal. I ain't doing it. That trick only works once. I suppose so. <sighs> no need to shake hands, then. I trust you. You do? Well now, Marshal Brown, that there statement you done gone and made, it means a heap of a lot to me. Much obliged. Don't mention it. Before I go, I'll give you this for good luck on account of your actor-feller business tonight. That's very... Oh. Oh my. That kiss was... Might I get another to further ensure my good luck? That there trick only works once, too. Adios, Marshal Brown. Hold still, Whippoorwill. Come on!
Come on, girl. Let's start making some trail dust for pencil pump. Here I stand. On the eve of my show business debut. Yet here I stand, handcuffed, upon a road in what appears to be the middle of nowhere. But as I fondly recall the contents of page 432 in my Federal Marshal's handbook, it clearly states that a Federal Marshal who is handcuffed and standing upon a road in the middle of nowhere on the eve of his show business debut has three very well-defined options available to him. The first being... Um... The first being... Hmm... My options are so well-defined that I can't... I can't seem to recall any of them. <sighs> but I do remember the page opposite page 432, which states that if the three very well-defined options cannot be recalled, a fourth option is available to the Federal Marshal. To put one foot in front of the other and start walking back to town. That's right, folks. Keep moving all our theatrical baggage into the bank. Oh, Colonel Bucket, what brilliant ideas you and Dr. Blister have. It will save the performance. The town of Pencil Point once again has the chance to bask in the creativity and sheer artistic glory of your dramatic production. <laughs> glory be, my spine has just shivered. <laughs> it seemed only natural to hold our show in the General Wilfred Cackleberry Memorial Bank, Mrs. Sneef. After all, we didn't have many buildings left to choose from, did we? <laughs> <laughs> and the use of the bank's oil lamps is simply inspiration. Pure inspiration. Yes, we'll use them to illuminate the performance. So the professor will turn on his advanced lighting system at the end of the show. I'm sure it will provide the finishing explosive touch that only dynamites can provide. Ah, yes. The professor simply adores the notion that his invention will close the show. Yeah, for good. Eh, uh, Mr. Colonel Bucket? Ah, uh, yes, Ritz. Where is it you would like for my brother and me to carry these weights into? Inside there. Just through the bank door and beside the teller area. Uh, help me lift them, Fritz, huh? But, Fritz, how do we know to put down the weights where the teller area is? There is a sign that says teller area. <laughs> Did you hear that, Fritz? The sign has the same name as the place we have to put down the weights to. Ah, that is better. Now lift. One, two, yeah! Before you go, fellas, here's something for you. One, One two... two the doc didn't have need of it anymore. He gave it to me to wear tonight, but I think it would look better on one of you. Give your act a little visual variety. Uh, what is it? What he is giving us, Fritz. Oh! This rare little red flower. It's called La Fleur Rouge Semaine. Here. Oh, 
Thank you, Mr. Colonel Bucket. I like it so much, I will wear it on my brother Fritz. Here. Hey, you will look very good with it on me, Fritz. Figures. I done choose the pencil point peg for to hide in till after the show, like I done promised Marshal Brown. And I even finded me a strong box with bonds inside that I can open up with the marshal's key. But then I'm a finding out there's a hole in the dang show in the bank. I dealt myself a good hand by jamming myself into this here closet for now till they's busy like with performing and such. And I'm gonna be close up to them two insects, the doc and the colonel, for later on. Something's happening outside this here closet. That flower? It looks better on me if you wear it, Fritz. No, no, Fritz. It looks better on myself if you wear it. Then I think the flower would look better on both of us if nobody wears it. Put it then somewhere so we can't see it, so we can lose it. I will open this closet door a small way so I do not open it all the way and throw inside the little red flower. I threw the flower in, and now I have now lost ah, it. Ah, that is good. Let us go to the stage, and once we are off the stage, we will be on the stage. What they done thrown in here? I can't see nothing. They done gone, I can open this door crack and see what... Well, I'll be a chicken on the checkerboard. They threw in this little red flower. Gotta get back to hiding. Smells kind of funny for a flower. Oh, I'm a kitten. I'm a kitten with a busy night. Listen for the final episode, The Negotiable Bonds of Love. Beats in My Heart for a Third Time was written, composed, and directed by George Zahn and starred Marcy Mencotti, Edwin Wall, Noel Dupuy, David Elliott, and North Homewood, and featured Anna Maria Alvarez, Joe Kurt, Nico Gerentis, John Lee, K.J. Matheson, Isabel Quintero, Barbara Rosenblatt, Ed Rutherford, Frank Stacio, and Kevin Tice. Musical direction, Twitchell Pond and his Wild West Vaquero. Recording engineers Dave Langley and Haley Blomquist. Hoofbeats in My Heart for a Third Time was produced by Granville North Sheridan and Marcella Bernard for Headstall, Sir Single, and Cinch Productions.